Hello and welcome to my podcast. I don't know how it happened, but with me, Annie Hayes Pantony, yoga business owner, actress, and definitely menopausal. For years, I wanted to do stand-up, but hey, I'm not funny. So I thought at least if I come on here, I won't get heckled. I'd love you to join me on this crazy little ride called midlife. So if you're a woman on this roller coaster and you'd like tips, advice, insight into my research on signs and symptoms, I can hopefully help you through yours. It'll be inspirational, playful, educational and thought-provoking, funny, witty, sometimes gritty and possibly the occasional tears. So hey, grab a copper, get comfy and join me, the host, with my foggy brain and, and, um, hey, why don't you just listen? Welcome back, my lovely listeners. Oh my goodness, today I'm really excited. I've been waiting for weeks to do this interview and the guest I have today is wonderful, wonderful woman and it is Dr. Charlotte Gooding. We've just discussed it's good with an ING and I love that. Uh, Charlotte is a GP with a specialist interest in menopause. Like, how happy are we about that? She works as an associate to Dr. Naomi Potter at Menopause Care And Charlotte is passionate about women receiving accurate information about their health in midlife. And she encourages women to be empowered to look at their menopause in a positive way and a holistic way. She is based in beautiful Northumberland. And as well as that, she's a busy mum of three children and knows the challenges of menopause symptoms, having herself started to experience menopause in her late 30s. Charlotte tells me she's happiest being outdoors, preferably with a bit of wild swimming thrown in. Oh, Charlotte, you're like a superwoman. (laughs) Welcome. I don't feel like a superwoman most days. I oh, feel like I I'm just why. spinning all the plates. <laughs> well, you spin plates remarkably well. And uh, can I just say also, uh, ladies, if you want to follow Charlotte, and I suggest you do, you'll find her on Instagram, Dr. Charlotte Gooding, or one word. So, yeah, uh, lovely to meet you again. So, and I've seen the pictures of your wild water swimming. Tell us, how the hell did you get into that? Like, oh, I don't really know. I'd, I'd been reading about it for a while um, and the sort of medical benefits of it. Um, and we go away to the lakes a lot because we're really lucky to be about an hour and a half from it here. And then um, every time we go, I'm, I was like, I'm going in, I'm going in. And, I, um, and then I wouldn't go in. Yeah. <laughs> so it looked too cold. Um, and then... And then my parents started going and I thought, oh, this is really bad, isn't it? If the old folks can do it, I can do it too. (laughs) Um, And then one day we went out and I was like, right, I'm taking my stuff today and I'm getting in that water. And I just made a promise to myself that I had to do it that day. Um, And so I I couldn't let myself down and I did it. And I I haven't got out since. (laughs) Wow. It's it's incredible, Annie. It is. I'm... I'm quite bad for anxiety and I find it really hard to switch off. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm quite a stressy person. I think probably my husband would agree with that. Um, and mm. I just, there's just something about it that I just feel so tranquil. 
when I'm in that water and it gives you a really different perspective on on everything so being in the water and just looking out and looking up at the mountains in the Lake District oh my goodness it's 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 absolutely incredible um and, and I'm really lucky where we're based we've got lots of lovely spots around here um and I did a brief sort of wild swimming uh course with um a guy called Fennick Ridley who is like a major outdoor swimmer oh, um, wow. and I've been up to swim with him so I am I'm very fortunate um, oh my god that sounds amazing but if I could encourage every everybody to, to just give it a go um because well, it is I, I did incredible. it in the summer I wouldn't say I did wild water swimming that would be an exaggeration I was in the Cotswolds and we went out for the day and I did get into a lake right up to my neck like I did get in that's why it's dipping it was wild dipping and but it took me about half an hour to get into my waist it I couldn't even feel my feet it was ice ice cold but I agree once I got in it was liberating yeah it is is it hard it is hard to get in but once you're in it's okay. Yeah. And it no, is. Yeah, it right. is. It's liberating. And you get you get a real high from it afterwards. When I come out, I feel quite buzzy and yeah. um yeah, like really good. Um it's it's nice. I even quite enjoy, which is really odd, the sensation of warming up again. So I quite yeah. enjoy shivering and feeling really cold. Um it's just, it, I just find it really exhilarating. Really exhilarating. That's amazing. For people who haven't got um I know it's not going to be the same, but do you think women get, and men, sorry, men, um, do you think women can get a real buzz out of having a cold, ice cold shower every day? You say like the medical side of things, but I've heard and I've spoken about it before, but is it, you know, what's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I admit I tried doing that before. I thought I would build myself up to getting in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the water. Um, <laughs> it's totally different, isn't and it? And <laughs> it's just completely different. Um, and I don't enjoy that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, I really don't enjoy a cold a cold shower at all, <laughs> um, it, which is weird when you think that I'm quite happy to submerge myself in a freezing cold lake. Um, but yeah. it's more of the shock factor, I think, isn't it, in, in the shower as well? You've got yeah. a bit more of that, whereas you can slowly ease yourself in. Um, it's supposed to be amazing for your oh, immune system. Um, any time, any type of like cold therapy, it's supposed to be really good for your immune system. I think the way it works yes. for anxiety and for the mind is because it it focuses you you on yourself. So you have to focus internally yes. to be able to cope with the physical sensations that are happening to your body. And I think in in life as it is at the moment we don't mm-hmm. do that very much. Um, I am a massive fan of mindfulness yes. and breath work. Um, and I, and so I think that's where it fits in. And I think it is, it's that focus on your breathing, mm-hmm. um, going into yourself and just being, being in that moment. I think that's what it is. I think that's where the therapy comes from. from yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant. It's funny because um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and it was a really interesting conversation and it was about being mindful. And, but, you know, she's a good friend and she was quite blunt with me. She said, I hate that word, mindful. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And she said, well, I don't know. It just kind of puts me off it. But she works on being mindful. You know, she does my yoga as well and she knows how good it is, but it's just calling it that. And I guess for people who don't 
connect with that. It really is, isn't it? About being in the moment. Yeah, and like you being said, present. being present, being here. And we were having this discussion about when you make a cup of tea and you're pouring the water in the kettle and you're getting your favorite cup out and the tea or whatever of your choice, you know, that brings you into the moment, then how quickly your mind goes off and thinks, oh God, I've got to do this now, oh God, and then I must do that. And, mm-hmm. and I think if people could actually think about exactly what they're doing while they're doing it, yeah, it helps in all sorts of ways, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be hours of meditation. No. Um, because for a start, who has actually got the time for that, you know? we're busy women we don't have hours to spend meditating it would be lovely if we did um but I just wouldn't get five minutes to do that let alone an hour um and I I I find it I found it really hard to meditate I tried to do that but I just couldn't switch off enough um Mm. and I think it was because I was trying to achieve too much yes I'm always trying to achieve too much, but I, and I just found it really stressful because I was kind of just thinking, I can't do, I can't switch off. Like I'm focusing on that now. And I was getting more and more stressed trying Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, But when I really, like when I took it back to basics of just literally just a couple of minutes, just being present in what you do. um, That's when it kind of started to hit home for me. And the more you do it, the more you, the more you find you're able to do it as well. And it is, it's about those tiny little moments in the day about, you know, making that cup of tea, thinking about what you're doing, you know, when you're walking outside, instead of listening to something on your headphones or, you know, scrolling on your phone, just taking a minute to look at a leaf or a blade of grass, just for a minute, just have a look at the tiny details in that. And it just focuses your mind because we live in a, a really fast paced world. We live in a world of social media, Instagram, Facebook, everyone, it gets everything at the touch of a button. Yeah. We get, we're used to instant gratification, those dopamine hits that are so instant with the likes and the clicks on mm. Facebook and Instagram. And it's really easy to, to get caught up in that and to get sucked into that. Um, and it's, it's good to have a reminder to just be in the present and be yeah. still. And would you say that that was one of the, like, obviously I said at the beginning, as I introduced you that, um, you know, I know you told me that you started your menopause or perimenopause in your late 30s. And that's pretty young, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Did it come, did you, I know you're a doctor and you're, (laughs) you know, well into this now. And that is just gorgeous that we hear a doctor who knows about the menopause. It's wonderful. Um, and I know that you've done extra training for that. So it it doesn't just come with a doctor's badge, does it, so to speak? No, it doesn't. It is extra. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's not the reason I got in. I, I actually sort of discovered it a bit later. Um, I've always been surrounded by women's health. Um, I watched my mum go through pretty horrific endometriosis, which she still suffers with now, um, you know, all throughout my childhood. Um, And she had a hysterectomy in her early 30s. So, you know, I've been surrounded by women's health problems. Right. um, And I've been fascinated by it. Um, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know why she was suffering all this pain. You know, why, why, you know, she had all these operations when I was younger and, you know, she was, she was very lucky that someone put her on some HRT after she had her hysterectomy. It doesn't always happen. Mm. Um, and she had some, some pretty decent care. Um, so I've never, 
I've never been scared of the menopause or HRT or things to do with women's health. Um, and it was always something that I was drawn to when I was, when I was in medical school. Um, I probably would have gone into obs and gyne, but I have the slight problem that I can't keep upright in theatre. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I, I've, I've made it through a few sections when, <laughs> when I was on call for um, when I was training. But um, I, yeah, I'm not very good in theatre. Um, so, and I was always a bit more interested in the gynecological side than the obstetric side of things. Um, and so it just... So when I was deciding what I wanted to do, general practice seemed like a good fit because I couldn't quite decide exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I'd get a lot of women's health exposure in that. Um, and I guess I've just always been really, really interested. And I think if you're interested in something, oh, that's God, where yes. your passions come from, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So being and, a doctor, was that something from word dot that you knew that that's what you wanted to do? I or don't know, really. No, I think it, I wanted to be a Blue Peter presenter. Or, um, <laughs> you yeah. would have been amazing. Well, I kind of wanted to be, I wanted to be a news round presenter, actually. And I was a press packer for anyone who can remember back in the day. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I did. I did want to be a doctor for a long, for a long time. Um, I find, I find it hard to like remember back to that, that time actually, because it just feels like I've been like in medicine forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, particularly at the moment, cause it's pretty stressful. Um, but yeah, but I didn't, um, I, I'm quite honest with my patients and I'm honest with colleagues and things about, about perimenopause. I didn't really realize that I was, that was what I had yeah um that's remarkable isn't it yeah which is quite you know it sounds really stupid and I do look back and I think god you're so stupid but then also I was really frightened because I was worried that you know people I was worried that medical colleagues of mine or my doctor would sort of just say to me well of course you think you're in perimenopause you work with perimenopause so you're going to see the symptoms and everything um and I went through quite a long period of, you know, thinking, well, taking antidepressants for anxiety. Um, I have, you know, working as an NHS GP is really stressful. Having three young children is really stressful. Um, And so that, you know, fair enough. Yeah, I probably was struggling. um, And that was why I was anxious and I was stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, But nothing I was doing was really making me feel any better. Um, And then then the penny started clicking one day when I heard um, Louise Newson actually talking yeah, about yeah. It, her her menopause, and I just started crying. Oh. Um, I was on like a forum with a, with a load of um, doctors who were interested in in menopause, um, and I just was really overcome with emotion because the penny just dropped. Yeah, and I was like, oh oh this is me and I had realized for a while that when women were talking to me I was I was really identifying with what they were saying yeah yeah um but yeah I guess it's not easy to take your own medicine is it sometimes and no, <laughs> you don't always no, recognize and we are bad like that medics we we're quite often you know we're either I over diagnose ourselves with everything oh, really? and, and don't get me wrong along the way I you know I <laughs> had cancer I had you know pots I was like everything I was diagnosing myself with and you know I was constantly checking my blood pressure and I had 24 hour ECGs and the, the whole lot um all the bloods um and yeah and then but- I thought hold on a minute 
this could be it. And and what have I got to lose? And it was only really when I started thinking about it like that. And I I may I think I mentioned it to my mum, and she went, oh well, she went, your grandma um, had her menopause in in her late thirties. Like she just stopped her periods like before she was forty. And I was like, wow. Oh. Right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, right. And of course, for, I I don't know about my mum because she had yeah, a hysterectomy course. in her thirties. So yes. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how it how it came about. But it does give you a different perspective on things, I think. Yeah, I, I and well, I speak to women all the time about menopause. It's my favourite subject, apart from theatre. Like menopause, theatre, and yoga. Like, don't get me started. Like, I'll never stop. Triple threat, Annie. Absolutely, <laughs> um, absolutely. I went to the theatre last night. Oh my god. Oh, Charlotte, I went to see um, Romeo and Juliet at the Globe. At the Globe. I've seen oh. Romeo and Juliet at the Globe. It was amazing. Wasn't it? it me, I went with my, my friend and we literally were, I mean, we were mesmerised by how clever, I've never seen a production of it like this. It, it's the best Romeo and Juliet I've ever seen. And it, it just is so thought-provoking. Listeners, if you know, if you listen to this before the end of October, it's still on. Go and see it. It was off the Richter scale, amazing. So yeah, How anyway, need to go and do something normal. As well. Oh, it's great, absolutely. Sorry, I totally digress. So um, I think, say for example, okay, so you're a doctor and you were unsure that that you had got to this stage, and I think mm. that yeah, that's what I was saying. So women. Um, just it's almost like we we stumble into perimenopause because we just don't seem to know about it. And then when we go through it and we start learning about it, then we're in menopause and then it carries on. And I think what I want women to get out of this, and I and I think you feel exactly the same. Well, you do uh, because I just introduced you and said that that you want them to still you know, know how wonderful they are, regardless of what we're in. And I think that's the, I know there's loads of things about nutrition and all of and exercise and, you know, taking care of your body and your protein and, you know, and all this. But for me also this big chunk of, and I think it can be done by trying to be present is to still really love yourself and know how exceptional they are. And actually I'm going to say that I read a post of yours and ladies have a look at this post because it's just gorgeous. And Charlotte said, and she didn't know I was going to read this, but every day in the clinic, I see women who are incredible and they often don't realize it, but I do. I mean, that just brings tears to my eyes. I find that really emotional. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like that is just well, yeah. welling up here, ladies, yeah. with the perifacic. <laughs> we're actually welling up um but honestly but it's true isn't it women no, it's just, so true it's so true I, Annie you know oh, I see women my heart. every single day and talk to them about menopause and um and they come you know they're coming from a place where they're so confused about what's happening to them they've put it down to loads of other things for a long time yeah. um you know a, a lady described it to me actually just this week she said to me I feel like I'm in a bubble and nobody can see me and oh. nobody can hear me. And I was like, wow. Oh my God, I've got goosebumps. And Seriously. to be able to say to those women, I see you, 
I mm. hear you. It, it's it's such it, it's a privilege. It's a, it's a real privilege to do the job that I do, um, and to just be with women at that stage of their lives and to show them that there is an alternative yeah. <laughs> that you can feel better. You can, lots of women say to me, you know, I just want to be me again. I'm not me. I've lost myself. And I totally identify with that. Um, perimenopause is so subtle, particularly perimenopause, you know, yes. where it's so subtle and it kind of creeps up on you really. Yeah. I always say, you know, there's no, you're not going to you need to sit there waiting for this email to come into your inbox and say, hello, you're perimenopausal yeah, yeah. or you've hit the menopause. Uh-huh. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, it's, it's so much more subtle than that. And it's very, it's very pervasive as well. Um, there's so many really subtle symptoms. And I think that's why it can take a lot of women a long time to either recognize it themselves yes, or for it to be recognized by other people. Um, because we're very good as women as at not really putting ourselves at the center of things mm-hmm. so we're always doing things for other people you know we're the center of homes we're working busy jobs we're getting everybody else sorted yeah um, and we always you know you have an answer for everything and the natural sort of phase of perimenopause is that your hormones are fluctuating yes so you will have times where you think oh I don't know what was going on last week I felt now I feel okay again so you just brush it off and you carry on but there comes a point where you can't just keep brushing it off and carrying on. Yeah. And that's often where I see women is when they've got to that point where they're just so bogged down by the way that they feel. And I, and it's about sort of stripping back that, you know, stripping back all those layers of symptoms and just getting back to where they are and just yeah. helping them back to, to being them. And, and that doesn't have to be through, HRT um, there are so many different ways that we can just help women to recognize the symptoms and and find ways of of, of coping with them a little bit better yeah. um, and it's it, it's really incredible to watch women grow it's it, lovely oh god it's just honestly you blow my last time I spoke to you you made me feel like this is <laughs> you're just I honestly I almost want to move to Northumberland <laughs> so that you are my doctor. Um, ser- I'm serious. Um, is there, I know it's so difficult to put you on the spot or to, because how the hell can you answer this question? But is there any little tips that you could, I mean, I'm through, I'm I'm post-menopause, you know, I've gone that, that year and, you know, still having my symptoms. But is there anything, is there any way that women can, um, just what we've just said how you know how it does creep in and yeah. is there anything that they can do to or any main things that they could do or help realize that they're in it before it it's almost like isn't it that the creeping it's like fog creeping yeah. in over you and you don't but you don't quite see it until you're totally surrounded in fog absolutely, absolutely that's it that. isn't it yeah yeah and I think actually you know what the incredible thing is is that there is this awareness coming about now oh god yeah you know women are starting to stand up and be heard mm. um and that is incredible and that in itself it it kind of it gives women permission to say 
I don't feel right. Yeah. What is going on here? I don't have to feel like this. Mm. I'm going to ask for some help. And it's hard to give yourself permission to ask for help sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's particularly hard if you, every time you try to ask for help, you come up against a bit of a brick wall. Um, And that's why it's so important. Probably the single most important thing that we can do is to keep raising awareness so that when, so that A, women recognize some of the symptoms for themselves. And then when they go to ask for help or for support, other people are aware of how that they, how they can help them as well. Mm. So you can have that conversation um, and just share information. Yeah. It, it can be really helpful as well to track cycles. That's quite important. Okay. You know, there is this kind of common myth that, well, you can't be perimenopausal because you're still having periods, but the whole point of perimenopause is that, you know, you are still yeah. having periods, but it's still quite that they can get common. heavier, can't Yeah, they? yeah, definitely. Oh, so yeah. I, I, you know, I think that can be really useful. Um, and just, just being aware of, of what you are feeling and, and keeping symptom diaries actually mm. for a lot of medical conditions is really, really useful. I find it really useful as a doctor when someone comes back with a symptom diary. And I quite often ask my patients to keep symptom diaries. Um, That's a and idea. then and then you can piece it all together. Yeah, sim- I like symptom diaries. I think they're really good. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be high tech or anything like no. that. You know, quite often my patients will send me like 15 pages of A4 with scribbled <laughs> notes on them. Um, but, you know, oh, I asked, so there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's fine um, it, because it can be really hard. You know, one of the, one of the real challenges in, in general practice can be this whole 10 minutes. I mean, mm, yeah, when I sit down with women and I've got a lot, you know, in my clinic and I've got 45 minutes to talk to them, I can really hear their story. And I say to them, I, that's how I always say, you know, how did you come to be here today? What's your journey been so far? And that is really, really important, I think, because these women have spent such a long time not being listened to, Mm. not feeling heard, not feeling that their their symptoms are important and they're confused and muddled and their self-esteem is often really low as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And so to give that time and that space that I am privileged enough to be able to give when I speak to people in the clinic is, is really important um, particularly because a lot, you know, a lot, you've got to, you've got to recognize the relationship that a lot of women have with their pelvic area. Okay. Mm. So if you have had, um, a big history of, you know, endometriosis, um, fertility treatment, um, you know, problems with periods, problems with sexual dysfunction, anything like that, your brain and your pelvis are not aligned your thoughts about your pelvic area mm. are very, very negative. Yeah. So it can be quite, women can feel quite vulnerable when you ask them to start opening up about the symptoms that they're having. Yes. And so it is important that you give them time and space. And, and that is, you know, being honest, I'm, I am an NHS GP as well. And it, that is really hard to do in 10 minutes. 
It is. Of course it is. How Which is why it's, you know, if we've got all this knowledge floating around, then, you know, women can empower themselves with mm-hmm. the information. They can find and they can other do, stuff, can't they? Yeah. yeah. For, but also they can, they can go with their package. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. they can go to their GP and say, look, I've been looking at this and I think this, this and this um, yeah. is going on. And, and this, is, this is what I think I would like to do. And I'm not, I'm not confronted by that as a, as a GP. I don't feel, you know, I don't feel like they're, you know, you know, taking their Google degree and (laughs) mixing it with my medical degree. I don't feel like that at all. I feel like, wow, you know, this is a switched on woman. Um, This is great. This is going to really help me (laughs) in the consultation because, you know, um, I haven't got very long. Um, And usually if I was seeing someone, I would, I, I, I always run late actually as a GP I'm, I am that GP who people moan about in the waiting room I'm sure but I guess you know that if you come to see me I'm going to run late so <laughs> just get on with it um, I don't see how they could moan because they know when they <laughs> when they get in to see you they're going to get that extra time too so um <laughs> yeah but you know you do sometimes have to spread it out over a few consultations so the first consultation might be about information gathering finding out what's going on for them um, and if you've got time, a bit of a discussion, a brief discussion of what you can do and then mm. move that, move that on to get, let them go away and have a think about that as well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, post them to some yeah, so to let's at. tell our listeners that, you know, do do a diary of your symptoms. Absolutely. And have that to hand and any little things as well, couldn't they? Like, and, you know, even if they think, oh, that's stupid, it can't be that. Well, it could be. So well, it could write be, it yeah. down because it yeah. might be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, that comes back to that whole thing of, of valuing the symptoms and the feelings that you're having. Um, and that is really important. And it's, mm. um, women don't often value their feelings and their symptoms, um, probably because they quite often just have to get on with it. Yeah. So they shrug them off. Yeah. But and when they're not you, important enough, are yeah. they? Because they're not a broken leg. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that, isn't it? <laughs> but also because you know, perhaps when they have mentioned them to someone, they haven't got a positive response or they felt like they haven't been taken seriously. Yeah. And and you hear that a lot, sadly. Um, and so it's, but it is really important that you add value to those symptoms because if you don't value your feelings, then that's when guilt and shame come in. Mm. And that's really damaged. That is really damaging. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's why I suppose there is so many... I guess, uh, you know, well, mental health issues with women going through menopause. One, you feel like you're depressed. And I know some people could be depressed and then they get the menopause. So then mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. heightened. Yeah. But women also can feel depressed and are told they're depressed, you know, when mm-hmm. actually it wasn't that, mm-hmm. it was the menopause. So there's all these emotion and it's so much. And like you say, anxiety and stress. And then stress is really not good for us you know allowing women to just know that they're wonderful like and everything that they're going through is real and they're worthy of all the help that they can get they deserve to be happy and enjoy menopause if they possibly can you know yeah I mean these are how you know these are you know powerful women that I'm speaking to you know they've got great things to do in the world you know it's often you know perimenopause menopause hits hits women at a time in their lives when actually kind of at 
usually at quite a good space in their lives otherwise. Mm. So they're usually quite, you know, at a place in their career where they have got to where they want to be um, or, you know, their children are growing up. So they've got a little bit more time. Um, You know, relationships are are usually quite stable. But, and then this comes in. (laughs) And it's like a tornado (laughs) blowing through your life when you just kind of thought, oh, I've kind of got it sorted. Um, and that is, it's really hard to cope with. Um, and you see it, you see women, you know, I see women in clinic all the time, they've given up their jobs and they, or they have reduced their hours because Mm. they feel like they can't cope. So I'll reduce my hours and that'll be better. Or, you know, I'll leave that job and I'll, I'll, you know, that, that I just can't cope with my job. So I'll, I'll leave it. And then quite often they, when you're talking to them, they go, oh, actually maybe, Maybe it was the perimenopause and all the symptoms oh, that I was having that goodness. led to that. And that's really, that's really, really sad. I mean, there is going to be, there's a huge issue in the workplace for women. Oh, there is. Absolutely. Menopause. Absolutely. You're losing hundreds, thousands of, of really highly skilled, competent women mm. from, from the workplace. Isn't that sad? I mean, I because I've gone through the perimenopause and I had, didn't have a clue what was going on and it wasn't particularly great, And now I've got to this stage. I think this is exactly why I did this podcast because, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to go to thousands of people. I hope it does one day, but just, you know, not just me, other people who are trying to bring it to the forefront, trying to let people, let women know that they are so normal. It's so real and it's fine. And, you know, there are definitely things that they can do. But thinking that what you just said about, you know, these big, women who are like you know brilliant at their jobs and then they leave it I you know sometimes I think now about I don't know you know teachers of that age actors of of that age like whatever jobs they're going to work and trying to struggle through all of that's going on and putting on a brave face isn't that what we do we put on a brave face and some of them are crumbling inside yeah and it really wrecks it really wrecks people's confidence and self-esteem because you you know you start to question you know am I actually good enough to do this yeah to do this job and 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 then the brain fog comes in so you know women will say to me oh you know I, I can't recall things that I've recalled every single day in my job and I'm in meetings and I'm sweating and I'm standing up in front of people and so then that makes it worse and I can't and I'm terrified that I'm going to remember what I was going to say next because the fog might just come on and so the whole thing is cumulative yeah what do you say to patients or friends or anyone who is in in that kind of situation about would you say to ladies do you know what just tell people like open up and just say you'll have to excuse me for a minute yeah I'm having a brain fog moment it's totally natural give me a moment yeah yeah because that's what I would say yeah at the time, I wouldn't have, but this but is why you know, I'm doing this. There's so much stigma still, Annie. There's so much oh. stigma still. So women are scared to do that, and and I think we have to break down that stigma. Yeah, I you know? agree. Well, we've all we we all see it all the time, you know, like the ha ha ha. Oh, she's forgotten again. Must be the menopause. Um, oh, it's not funny. Ugh, that's not. Funny. And even even women I funny. I speak to, you know, they'll be laughing away about their symptoms, um, and I'll go to them it's not really funny though is it do you do you really feel like it's funny and they will say no it's really really sad mm-hmm. and 
it's but they're so frightened of someone finding out that they're going through the menopause because somehow going through the menopause means that you're incompetent at your job or you're no longer worthy of the position that you once held and it's just absolutely ridiculous um, we have to challenge that stigma and that's yeah. why we have to get companies to have menopause policies and to you know have little menopause cafes at work and things like that where women can mm. talk together and men you know yeah. men are living Absol- with women they're working with women Absolutely. they need to understand this my husband yeah. never stops hearing about the menopause no mine doesn't either um in fact, he even today- asked his dental patients about it he's um he's oh, a dentist that's wonderful yeah, he's like started to like tentatively. He's like, I don't want to offend anyone. But I, and I said, you know what? No one would be offended. No. No one would be offended. They'd just they just be, be flattered so that you're grateful that you yes. asked. Yes, absolutely. To show that it is real. You know, I'm sure some people treat women as if, oh God, you're making it up, or oh, it can't mm. be that bad. It's like, oh my God, I <laughs> just oh, it infuriates me. Yeah, it, it really does. does. It's, it's the same with um, the other thing that I have a big bugbear about is them is is incontinence in women and the tenalady aisle. Yes, um, I I always every time I'm in that aisle, I want to run down it and I want to smash all the tenalady pads off and be like the women grab them and be like, this is not normal. You don't have to pee yourself um, because that's another thing isn't it that we've just kind of accepted yeah like you just get a bit older and you just pee your pants it's that's not okay and I say that you know I say that to women in my in um in GP and I say to them they're like oh well you know I said do you ever get any leaking of your own when you cough and say yeah well obviously I'm like really I was like no not obviously I was like that's not okay I was like do do you do you like, is that okay for you? They're like, oh no, I hate it. It's really embarrassing. I was like, well, then it's not okay, is it? We need to, we need to like do something about that for you. And so do you encourage them to do pelvic floor exercises? Yeah, yeah. yeah. pelvic floor exercises, um, topical estrogens, really good for those kind of symptoms. Um, definitely not just subject yourself to the uh, tenor lady aisle. That's not... No. Well, I did, I did an episode on it and it was, I did say like, what infuriated me about those panty liner adverts was most of the women in the adverts are about 20 I know. and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, and you know, if they, you know, if a lady needs to, cause it makes her feel a little bit, you know, less conscious of it, but do work your pelvic floor. Like let's get <laughs> and it And also stronger. it would let's... absolutely not be okay for a 20 year old to, to be no. having mum's highly, highly no. worried. No, so what the hell um, are they doing yeah, the adverts exactly. for? <laughs> but um, yeah, I do, it's, it's just become really normal mm. and it's not normal. You know, it's not abnormal. It's not like, you know, this is terrible. We've got to, you know, no. do something about straight away, but it's not, you don't have to live like that. At all. You and actually, those products are really bad for you. Um, like the plastic backed, you know, sanitary products and things. I'm veering off on all kinds of tangents now. I love this. this. Is my oh little, my God. Will you come on again? <laughs> um, so, um, th- those plastic backed sanitary pads, yeah. they are so bad for your vulva. I didn't know that. Not good. I mean, I've never used them, to be honest. Why? Because it's, you know, it's it's all sitting there, wet and moist. Yeah, and the sweaty the and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell my ladies to, um, 
you know, because if they, you know, so still, even with the best will in the world and all the bits and bobs and things, um, mm. you know, they might still have a little bit of leakage or they might be worried that that's going to happen to them. Yeah, yeah. So um, a few of them have been using the, you know, the period pants type things. Yes. Those, I think they're really good, um, you know, because they wick yeah. away the moisture. Yeah, yeah. You want to be letting the moisture just settle. Just sit there. Yeah. yeah. And also, they're... <laughs> Here we go. Um, I love also, this. they're really they're they're always scented. I know. Like, what? Like what? Why? Why? Why do vaginas need to smell of tropical rainforests? Um, we just let them smell like vaginas. It's not like that is, and that is so bad. Like the irritation that is going yes. on there. Mm, no. 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 I oh my god I have honestly this started I started off hate, so professional I know we're honestly I knew this and I knew we'd get onto vulvas because so now I'm going to talk about your pottery <laughs> my pottery I'm so proud of that actually I know really Charlotte does pottery ladies do you know what I don't I'm do so pottery sorry. I'd had a few glasses of wine Annie let's be honest it and looks really good though <laughs> you know <laughs> I am an expert. I do see a lot of folders in my job, so I can sculpt one quite nicely. Um, no, because do you, I, I tell you what, and I, I, I tell you what happened to me yesterday in clinic. Is I saw I saw a really young girl. Um, so it's a bit of the opposite end of the spectrum, but mm. the point is, is that people just don't know what's going on down there. Yes. So, and that really irritates me. There's just no education about what what your vulva looks like or what holes where um mm. and I spent about 25 minutes with this girl just giving her a little anatomy lesson and she loved it and she said no one ever told me this it's like no one ever told me this and I was like yeah why is no one telling you that you know and I really encourage in fact this is top tip for okay for all you women um get a hand mirror and mm-hmm. have a look that has backfired on me before um, because <laughs> Be I Be careful where you do it, ladies. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Be careful where you do it. Um, but also, um, I have then received several alarmed phone calls um, to the practice of women who have suddenly had a look and hadn't, haven't looked before or maybe looked when they were a lot younger and are suddenly like, oh, what the heck has happened down there? Um, so, um, <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, because the, the, it changes... Yeah. Um, and I actually recently I did a um I did I was answering some questions about the Volvo on a forum um in my medical capacity, um, not just randomly. Yeah, just and yeah, just <laughs> um and I was I was saying and, and I was so upset by the amount of women who were just so like disgusted or ashamed oh, no. of what their vulva looked like. And like, I just felt so sad about that because I always say that I would like love to have a big book of vulvas on my desk. <laughs> I'll probably get struck off, which is why I've never, that's the irony. I mean, that's, I'm worried about being struck off for that because that's kind of the world we live in. Um, just to show women, girls, anyone, that everyone is different and unique yes and yours you know it's yours own it you know it we're all we're bombarded with these images of these like oh god there's this thing oh, the other day on like 
boohoo or something. I mean, God, I clearly wasn't shopping on there. Um, I wouldn't fit in anything. Um, and this, this, this like bodysuit that like was so riding so high up on the on the hips. I just, I wasn't. Where, where, where's the labia going to go there? Like. I don't like oh dear. and I was just like this is the image that young girls are yeah are bombarded with it's not right is it and then so it's no wonder then there's no one's talking about this you you're being bombarded with the images that aren't realistic and then you get to <laughs> you get to perimenopause menopause everything changes and you you're so ashamed to ask is this normal you know, is, oh, is it is it awful, right that it, it? it feels like this or that, you know, it looks like this? There's not one woman who comes into my clinic for, I'm not, I don't think I've ever had anyone come in for their smear, you know, for a smear or a speculum examination and not started, got on the bed and started with, I'm really sorry. Oh. I, like... And I just said, I said what, what for? What, what, for, what are you yeah. apologizing? Are you apologizing for being a woman, for having a vulva, a vagina? Like, what are you apologizing for? And that's that shame. It's just, I find that really, really upsetting. I mean, I suppose as a doctor as well, if a man goes in and has to get his penis out. They've usually got their I'd, trousers off before I've even... Like, yeah, I bet they never say, they oh, I'm sorry, do they? No, never. No. Oh, God, that's so true. I find that really, I find that really stark and, yeah, really upsetting, actually. So we need to spread oh, some vulva positivity. We do need to. We should get T-shirts done. How have we, how have we got this? <laughs> I don't know. I but I happen. knew this was going to happen talking <laughs> to you. And uh, I really did. You could make, do you know what? Oh, God, now I'm picturing um, making little, <laughs> making little, <laughs> little rolls, like crusty rolls, but make them in vulva shapes. And then when you bake them in the oven, they all come out slightly different well they do yeah it's like exactly. the clay pottery I wasn't like following a form it's definitely not like modeled on myself or anything <laughs> I was just you know um and and yeah I just think oh I just I just I hate that idea that women are ashamed of how they feel or ashamed of their bodies or yeah would wouldn't come to see me because they would feel embarrassed about what my response might be yeah. or um yeah it's awful it is it it's almost like as well you know we have the body that we have forever yeah so are you going to live a whole life of shame Mm -hmm. and you know I I teach you know you know that I teach yoga Mm -hmm. a bit I all there's a word ahimsa and ahimsa is um non-violence but it's non-violence physically and verbally about to others and to yourself. How often do women just constantly mm. put mm. themselves down? Oh, I'm rubbish at that. Oh, look at me. Oh, I'm horrible. Oh, look at my wrinkles. Oh, look at this. Look at that. I mean, I laugh about the wrinkles on my face. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to have lots because I smile all the time. So I'm full of them. And, but it, you know, I, that that's just because that's that's who I am you know and I just have to embrace that I'm not going to yeah. fill them in no. they're there they're, they're yeah. just there but you know to then go into a doctor and actually say oh god sorry sorry yeah. that I look like this <laughs> and yeah. I just think yeah that self-talk that that we do to ourselves as women is 
is a real worry. I mean, I've got two young girls um, and I, you know, I'm constantly saying to them, don't, you mustn't talk to people like that. That's not very nice. Or, mm. you know, you, you don't talk to your brother like that or don't talk to each other like that. So these are kind words, our kind voices. Yeah, yeah. God. Um, and, then, and then sometimes I just suddenly think, yeah, what kind voice have you used to yourself today? Yes. But, yeah. I try yeah. and pick that up on people all the time because we don't, we do it and we don't even realise we're doing it. It's almost like we're programmed to put ourselves down because we're not allowed to love ourselves. Is mm-hmm. that, you know? And that's what, that's, that's what this whole thing of being in perimenopause and menopause is. It's that you've got to be, you need to be kind to yourself again. Yeah. You need to, you need to find yourself again. And you need to be kind to yourself and allow yourself to go on this journey. Um. And we talked before, didn't we, about how I love this whole concept of the second spring. Yes. Um, and I think it is really true. It's really hard to see when you're in it, though, because there'll be people listening thinking, oh, God, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel so awful. There's nothing nice about menopause or perimenopause. And when you're in it and you're full of symptoms and, you yeah, you know, I, you, you just feel so bogged down. And like you said, that fog that you can't see yes. out of, it does feel like that. But when but but with kindness and mm. with education and with love to ourselves yeah we can we can springboard into that second spring we totally can and you are right i've i've said to people you know embrace the menopause like love it and love yourself and i've had that response too like oh god annie how can you say that like you can't love it it's awful mm. and that saddens me because the symptoms can be awful, but if we learn what they are, we can kind of, you get through things better or easier when you know mm-hmm. what they are. So as soon as you know, yeah. knowledge is power, but it, I truly believe it is, I've definitely come into my second spring of, and I'm embracing the fact that, you know, I've come into my wisdom years, mm-hmm. even though I can't remember a noun, um, I'm still like, <laughs> it's like what oh fighting for that word but it comes you just have to be patient with yourself love yourself daily and but but it also it 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 like gives us this brilliant opportunity you know with my doctor head on and and thinking like that it gives us it gives me this great opportunity to sort of say to women right you got to take stock now this Mm -hmm. this is time for you this is time for you to think right okay so I can either you know I need to really get into a better space for the next 30 40 years of my life I need to just be I just need to think about what my body needs I need to think about my future health because estrogen deficiency in the body puts you at higher risk of cardiovascular disease dementia and osteoporosis yeah so you know, it's a time to really make some positive changes mm-hmm. that will transform your future health and and your life in general. It's a great, it's oh, a great, it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what we need to see it as. I think that's amazing. And we, oh God, I wish, I wish this podcast could be two hours long um, <laughs> because I know that ladies would listen to it. Um, I'm going to have to say to you, Charlotte, that my podcast is called, I don't know how it happened, but. So 
I'm going to ask you, do you have any, I don't know how it happened, but moments that you well, could Beside the fact that I think that every day when I get kids to school, I don't have, <laughs> but we have arrived here and I have three children still all in school uniform in one piece. That would be my daily, I don't know how it happened, but. But yeah, I think, do you know what? I, I don't know how it happened, but I have arrived here. Because I have arrived in a place in my career where I feel so happy and just really lucky to and privileged to be able to do the thing that I've always wanted to do, which is to empower and help women. And I am surrounded by incredible powerful women in my life who the girls that I work with incredible Naomi Potter who is a massive inspiration but also the girls that I you know the ladies that I hang about with um the girls that I go and bike with who would be there for me whatever I know and to be surrounded by that much love and positivity and to be in that space I, I don't know how it happened but it has, and I am ever thankful for it. Oh, my goodness, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, do you know what? You are an absolute inspiration. Honestly, I just, I really, I, anyone who has you in their life, whether it be your patients or friends and family, are blessed with you. <sighs> Thank you. Like, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You are incredible. You're an incredible woman. Thank you so much. Honestly, I feel tearful. And I've never (laughs) felt like this with any guests before. I've had beautiful guests and I've loved them. I've had brilliant guests. You are just on a, you're, I'm lost for words. I'm I'm lost for words. You are incredible. Thank you so much for giving me your time today like really pleasure an absolute pleasure oh thank you so well honestly listeners you don't often hear me stunned for words do you like you I could talk the hind horse off the whatever the same (laughs) um I don't know is there a saying like that um ladies thank you again for um yeah joining me on my podcast and I'm sure this one you could listen to quite a few times I will at the end of this podcast be begging Charlotte to come back because I know there's so much I didn't even have a chance to ask because it was just so insightful and just a I feel privileged that she's allowed me to share her with you my listeners so do join me again next week and Ladies, as always, I always tell you, please, please, please love yourselves. Love yourselves. So any questions, anything you want to write in about, get in touch with me on Annie at Let Life Be Yoga. And obviously follow Charlotte, Dr. Charlotte Gooding, Gooding with an I-N-T. And I will be on again next week. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe and leave a review and rating. Well, if it's good. Or better still, let me know if you've got any I don't know how it happened moments or maybe a question on the menopause. 
You can message me on Instagram at Let Life Be Yoga, Facebook at Let Life Be Yoga, or why don't you let life be yoga? You could come and do a class with me. Why not? I've been your host, Annie Hayes-Pantony, and I really hope you join me again soon. Take care.